Today on D and D Outdoors, Dell and Dustin dive into what the craziness is happening in Oregon. We got bands coming in New Mexico and much more today on D and D Outdoors. D and D Outdoors is brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Download Headline Outdoors on Roku or Amazon Fire TV today and watch season three, which new episodes airing every week. It is also brought to you by Southwestern Outdoorsman. Currently running 15% off all bison products with code bison. Head on over to www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com and get yours today. And welcome back everyone to D&D Outdoors. Today on the show, Missouri had the first black bear hunt, changes coming your way in New Mexico, and lots more. How are you doing today, Dustin? Doing good, man. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. I am living the dream. I can't complain, except it is a little chilly out here in Arizona. I see you got a jacket on. Yeah, yeah. It's about 65 today, and I didn't really feel like turning the heat on, because it's not like... It's like that weird thing where it's not cold enough for the heat, but it's still cold, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the, the temperature here is 66 now. Ooh, gee, I'll take that. This Arizona boy does not enjoy the cold at all <laughs> so oh man so what have you been up to it sounds like you've had some fun out there yeah we just got back from uh, a little halloween trip to dollywood yeah that looked like fun your halloween trip I, they do it up right I, i'll say that they have the same amount if not more lights for Halloween or their Harvest Festival than their Christmas. Really? That's really cool. Do they have like, um, uh, what's it called? Like uh, haunted houses and stuff there? It's nothing scary there. It's all like what you saw in the pictures, uh, just pumpkin stuff. Like they have them like, mannequins out of pumpkins or owls or spiders or whatever the guitar you know you sit there and you it, it's every bit of 15 foot long oh gotcha and the strings will light up and they get music playing from a speaker so it looks like it's actually playing oh that's really cool that's awesome sounds like a lot of fun actually. i like i like it they got the led lights done up like a little waterfall into a stream and then it's got the picture of the the fish on the oh. the, the pumpkins like it's jumping out the water well, that's really cool well, that sounds like a lot of fun Ugh. who had more fun you or adam i'm starting to think you did well he got to ride he finally rode the last remaining roller coaster in the park that he hadn't rode yet so. yeah that's always good <laughs> we actually that's... made it out without being attacked by the bear down there. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a bear attack that broke into one of the houses, huh? Broke into a locked cabin and attacked the gentleman that was in it. Oh, my goodness. Is there, I'm guessing they have a lot of bears down there. Or there's like a few bears in the area. It is Gatlinburg is butted up against the national park, and you, it's no hunting there, so they're just overrun by bear. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. What are I mean, those it, funds? You turn the TV on in, in a local 
whatever the station is, the TVs all go to, it's always put your trash in the bear-proof trash cans. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, Lord. Got to add some fun to the bears. Speaking, actually, of bears, Missouri just had their first bear hunt in a very long time. Now, there was – but, you know, for a first bear hunt, you know, I think it went – overall went well. They got 72 thousand dollars in generated revenue um they <clears throat> had 400 permits drawn and there was a 40 bear quota so how many bears do you think were harvested how many tags did they give out they give out 400 permits were drawn and there was 40 bear quota i want to say they come in under the quota but i probably wrong well do you have a number you want to guess <laughs> 39 is popping in my head but that, that can't be right <laughs> well according to blood origins this is where i got all this from there were 12 bears harvested from this so there was a 6.3 chance of being drawn for this tag. There were, there's a 3% chance of harvest if you got drawn. The chances of being draw, draw, drawn and harvesting a bear was 0.1%. Wow. I mean, but you know, for the first bear hunt, that's not too bad. I mean, no. that's, that's a good, I mean, I'm sure um, once these get going, I'm sure not many people in Missouri you know unless you really know where the bears are at which I doubt 400 people knew where the bears are at like once it gets more established people will be hunting more I'm assuming for these bears and with the revenue coming in um sure there will be guide services coming as always oh yeah <laughs> to four bears um yeah I thought that was pretty successful um, to start starting out of a bear season. I mean, 72,000 generated for going back into wildlife is always um, a good thing as well. Right. Um, yeah, but if you want to get put in for some draws, we have coming up for Wyoming the points only for sheep, moose, elk, deer, and antelope. So what that essentially means is you just get bonus points. You can't really draw the animals. And if you want to hunt bighorn sheep, Texas, the draw for the guided sheep hunt is open. I'm sure a lot of people put in. I put in for it. There is one tag. <laughs> so I think there's a less I think there's less chance of getting drawn for that Texas bighorn sheep than there is as harvesting a black bear in Missouri. <laughs> but you know, it's it's all part of the fun. Um, you know, for 10 bucks, that's not, it's not, that's not too bad of a gig, you know? No. No, I mean, I donate enough money to all these damn states for hunting. And yeah, I'm going to do like a spreadsheet next year where the draws happen. And at the end of the year, I'm going to come on in and tell you how much I have to spend on putting in and not getting drawn in a year. Make me cry. Make me rethink my finances, probably. <laughs> I think I, it was $5 to put in for the alligator tag in South Carolina. Oh, jealous. I think I've put in already. Well, I would say this year, not too bad. Cause I didn't get drawn for anything this year, really. So nothing's really hit the bank too bad. <laughs> so I probably have about 
three four hundred dollars in this year with the resident non-resident or the buying the tags put in for the tags and all that fun stuff the application fees so you have a separate account from your wife so she doesn't see all the yes yes i do i have a separate credit card for my hunting stuff that's all that goes on it and yeah she just yeah she just doesn't look at that credit card because she, she just doesn't want to look she knows this exists i'm not hiding it from her but she just just lets it happen doesn't want to doesn't doesn't want to see it but that's a good thing if not getting drawn to it's not really too high of a card, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. Once I start getting drawn, then you'd be like, uh, excuse me? Where's all this money going now? Yeah. I'd be like, babe, it's okay. Think of all the years I didn't get drawn the money we've saved. Yeah. Got to flip it. <laughs> if you put in for Arizona spring bison, javelina, those little stinking pigs, or turkey, the draw did happen. Um, so check your credit cards. I don't know what I got drawn for, pig or turkey. I'm assuming it's a pig. So I guess round four of these little bastards this year. Um, <laughs> but I changed my units up this year where I've not hunted before. So hopefully it's a better unit, um, kind of what I've heard. And, of course, after the draw, people are some of my friends are like, why didn't you put in for this unit? You just have to row across the lake, and they're all there. I'm like, well, you could have told me that before the draw, asshole. A-holes, excuse me. You have to you have to put in the, the, the region that you're gonna be hunting on the, the form? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you have to apply for certain units and then you get drawn for that unit. I mean Havelina, you're almost guaranteed a tag because there's so many of them. Um but I mean some of the better Havelina units are hard to draw, but those are kind of down south where everything's really open and you can see them um a lot more. I think this year the unit I got drawn for, I'm going to get a country club javelina because there's a golf course that backs up to state land. So I got to see what the schematics of that look like. So you play golf? I do not, but I think I might have to for some educational research purposes. Well, at least <laughs> grab the little golf cart around. Yeah. Yeah, I might, I might go see if how much it is for a round of golf out there and go steal my dad's golf clubs just to see if I can figure out where the pigs are at. Let's um, dad play golf and you just be his caddy. Yeah, but then we'll get comp too competitive. <laughs> It'll end up with me and him seeing who can win. <laughs> we re-retired re from playing sports against each other for that reason. Okay. <laughs> he got tired of me winning. Right. <laughs> you know, You know how it goes. We're not gonna call him up and ask him about that, are we? No, no, that's just that's gonna be my account. You just gotta take my word on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um if you have hunted in Argentina, Argentina is becoming like the US. Your trophies will be delayed now because Argentina decided at the end of the hunting season that hunting properties need to be registered as hunting preserves. So they wait till the hunting season ends, they're like, hey. I know you got a hunting property, but you need to register this as a hunting preserve. I don't understand the point of that, but you know, money, money, probably. I mean, I think Argentina is somewhat of an. They, I know, like they've really 
honed in on hunting as an economic value though when it comes to, like i know like dove hunting is big down there yeah there's like a there's like what, red stag and like there's some cool animals down there i've not bad i mean just honestly if you wanted to hunt like red stag it's not too expensive compared to going to new it's actually less than going to new zealand or to hunt them down there which i think is pretty cool but yeah so have fun with that your trophies already take probably a year to get here so that's another year at this point (laughs) everything's a waiting game now yeah go drive on down there load up in your minivan and god bless you going across guatemala mexico when you make it to make it back here (laughs) i don't know if i want to go across the border with a gun oh no no no! i'm saying to get your trophy back I've been looking into some Mexico hunts. It's starting to get like interesting. All the rules that they have to um, go across the board. Like last year, I was reading about how usually your gu- your rifle and scope you can claim as one, but if you didn't last year, if you didn't claim them separate, they were the uh, whatever the federales in Mexico were taking your scope off your gun and keeping your scope. Why would you have to claim them separately when they're one piece? Because they can be detached. Mexico is very strict on their gun laws, even though there's, doesn't, yeah. Anyways, so just be sure to claim it right if you're going down to Mexico. <laughs> Check with your guide or outfitter and just be yeah. sure you're doing it that way. They should know what they're doing. If not, don't tip get them. I'm just, yeah, get a, be down there trying to figure out what you got going on. Oh, man. I mean, speaking of scopes, actually, in New Mexico – interesting so muzzleloader hunting um is kind of big out there well it's another opportunity they have out there separate from rifles but if you get drawn for a muzzleloader only tag now you cannot use a scope on your muzzleloader um it's following the trends of a lot of western states already are doing with that simply because um either the head biologist from new mexico department of wildlife is stating unfair advantages from traditional muzzle loading with the new technology i mean and they're just as pretty much as accurate as a center fire rifle um yeah which i mean i can't usually i can argue these bands but i mean a muzzle loader nowadays you can know you can i've seen some online and custom companies where they can shoot five six hundred yards <laughs> so um i mean you're gonna shoot that far without a scope and you harvest probably probably should like I don't know, like, should enter some shooting competitions because that would be pretty cool to see. So, I mean, I think limiting the scope, I mean, I don't think I could shoot past 100 yards without a scope. I'm just doing iron sights. I don't don't think I could either. It's all, all my muzzle loaders are open sighted. So, and, and I normally, don't shoot past 50 yards, really. Yeah, I know with my muzzle loader, anything past like 200, I have to aim like 28 inches high. <laughs> so I'm just lobbing it on in there. So I, don't, so, I mean, it makes sense. I, I can't argue that. I think it's a trend that a lot of uh, Western states are going to continue to see that allow it. Um, I know in like Colorado, you can't use it. I believe in Idaho, you can't use it either you need to have iron sights 
So it's something that I could see um, continuing. But if you get drawn for a general rifle tag and you want to use your muzzle loader, which I don't know why, but if you want to do that, you can keep your scope on. It's only for strictly for the muzzle loading hunts in there. Yeah, I was going to ask if they, if you thought maybe they were going back to like a traditional muzzle loader instead of like the inlines, maybe the side, you know, lock or cap and ball or whatever you want to call them. Um, I don't think that would be possible just because I don't think really any manufacturers make those anymore. You know, you'd be disrupting the whole industry to make that. Well, it's, it's a big group of people. I mean, it's. Well, I mean, if you go down to Cabela's, you say, I want a cap and ball muzzle loader. They're going to look at you like, what the hell? I'm saying, hey, I, I know it's still there, but being able to purchase one might be more difficult. Pennsylvania has primitive season, and that's all you could use is like cap and ball, flint lock, nothing in huh. Interest. That would be pretty cool to do that. I and mean, I already have trouble shooting, but. <laughs> that, the, the one I normally use is cap and ball. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, I think maybe they would move it to a primitive season then, but I don't, I don't see – with, I mean, people that already bought muzzleloaders, it would be tough to be like, hey, we need to get rid of these guns now. I think that would right, be, I, I, I think, I think I'd be a bigger headache for the game and fish trying to deal with all the hunters complaining about that. But I do like that primitive season idea, which would bring it back to more traditional muzzle loading. But I guess that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I probably wouldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a traditional one, but I'd give it a good old fashioned try. It, it's you have to pull the trigger and hold it on the animal because you will hear it go click pow really yes it, <laughs> that's it's a, interesting it's a delay it's a delay <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> yeah I'd hear it clicking like oh that was quiet oh shit <laughs> it goes off <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's been a couple times where it's click <laughs> Ooh, that's funny gotta add a challenge to it all right oh yeah oh man and we will be right back from a quick word from our buddies over at PurePro and we got some news coming out of Oregon and Wisconsin to keep updated on whether you're hunting fishing, scouting Sitting down for long periods of time just really takes it out of you. Your back is sore, your body is sore. You're going to have to leave your tree stand or blind early just because you are not comfortable. Well, let's change that with PurePro. PurePro is making an avid hunter, outdoor enthusiast, some most comfortable products out there in the market. You can be able to sit for long periods of times and not have a sore back or body. Mate right here in the USA. Get your Pure Pro products today at www.purpro.com. That is www.pur-pro.com today. And as we, oh, let's restart that. And as we said, get ready, be out there in hunting season, stay comfortable, get yourself a Pure Pro. Oregon, the lovely state of Oregon. I don't know what the state motto is. I don't really care. 
Ballot measure 114 in Oregon. We are going to get political, but we're going to get political. Because if you listen to this show and you vote yes on ballot number 114, as much as we like you as listeners, you don't need to listen to us anymore. What ballot measure 114 is, it is essentially, let's just see the best way to describe ballot measure 114. It is going to stop you from purchasing firearms or any firearms for hunting or home defense in the state of Oregon. 114 will mess with the conservation funds to the Pittman-Robinson Act because you aren't going to get any ammo sale. Law enforcement agencies will add unnecessary red tape to 114 um, with firearms. It will mess with your privacy because all your personal records from the permanent application, including your photograph and a list of firearms purchased, is stored and never removed with no additional safety provisions. This is all from sportsmansknow114.org, where you can take a look at. Um, it's built as a large capacity magazine. Measure Warren 14 bans hunting firearms like shotguns with barrels over 21 inches and without requiring training courses and permitting systems in place to firearm purchases could be effectively eliminated for years. Rifles used for hunting deer and elk won't be given requirements and aren't attainable as they don't exist. So they're just coming for a gun grab in Oregon. Isn't it unconstitutional? Uh, well, see, no, it's, it's not unconstitutional because they're not saying you can't own a gun. They're saying you can't buy a gun in the state of Oregon. So you have to go to Washington or California to try to get a gun. Um, yeah. It's, it is, um, it's Oregon being Oregon. It's a shame because Oregon has a good hunting, actually. And most of the state of Oregon outside of that little Portland area is normal from what I've kind of been reading on and talking, know some people from around there. Um, it's really, it's just going to do what it's going to give responsible gun owners. It's going to take guns away from them and it's going to give the lovely critters of Portland guns. So if you already have guns, you have to go register them. Um, no. Um, no, my understanding is as law if you have the guns, you can keep them. But if um you don't if you want to purchase new guns, you have to register and all that. Um, so it's gonna be like a band on magazines and ammo, more than 10 rounds. It would require let's see, it would require a permit to purchase or transfer a firearm issued by law enforcement. So, and then um, it would allow kind of your personal information to be in a database that will be pub published annually so people know who has the guns. And then the permits must be renewed. Oh, here we go. Issued by law enforcement. There's no exception for law enforcement or military purchase of a firearm for personal use. A concealed handgun license does not qualify for a permit to purchase. A hunter safety certificate does not qualify as a permit to purchase. Permits must be renewed every five years for a fee in, in, insuance of a permit requires completion of a classroom and a live firing 
training offered by law enforcement certified instructors. There's no limit to the amount that can be charged for these classes. Fertilities and ranges for classes are extremely limited. Nothing requires law enforcement agencies to actually offer the classes required to obtain and purchase. So, I mean, you can have a gun, but they're making it very hard to have a gun. It's dumb. It's Move out of or, Oregon. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Oregon, not to go down like a rabbit hole, I have heard rumors that, like, it's called, like, these, the Eastern Oregon um, counties that are very, you know, sensible. They want to succeed from Oregon and form greater, greater Idaho, which if you go to greateridaho.org, you can learn all about it. I mean, it's literally going to be over half the state that wants to join greater Idaho. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a good thing, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, just go out, be sure to vote because if you don't vote, you could be losing your guns. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out if it does by chance pass. Because as hunters, if we want to come hunt Oregon, do we have to take these courses to bring our guns into the state of Oregon? That's not been clarified yet. Um, we'll have more information, obviously, throughout on our Facebook and Instagram page um, about this where you can read up on it and make your voices heard. Very interesting. But mm, some good news. Wisconsin. A Wisconsin hunter is um, officially the first person in the modern like hunting era to take the Wisconsin bull, bull elk with a bow. Um, with the help, kind of like what's happening out in Virginia, you know, uh, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, whatever else foundations have, um, you know, brought out elk into um um, to relocate to these areas and you know now this the uh, the hunter um, Dave Everson harvested a beautiful bull we'll post some pictures as always on our Instagram as well so if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook I'm guessing you can sense the trend of what you probably should do if you want to see these pictures <laughs> um, yeah he is one of three hunters to draw the tag out of 25,742 applicants. Again, great. What did they make off of that? They, they didn't disclose that. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, let's, let me see here. Um, let's see how much an application is. Um, and out of that, his bowl is a beautiful bowl. It was a six by seven bowl. It measured about 283 and seven eighths inches. So that's a good size bowl. I mean, even at Western yeah. standards. Um, so how much they made off these tags? Uh, the 207, 225,000, sorry, 25,742 applicants that paid $10 each, they made $257,420. Nice little chunk of change. Yeah, good chunk of change. Um, I mean, as it all goes back, obviously, to elk, and I'm sure the elk restoration might be a little bit more expensive than that, but hey, that's that's a good chance. He shot at 60 yards broadside. Pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Great accomplishment. Great to show hunting and the conservation efforts that us as hunters and outdoorsmen put into it. Um, 
always, thank you guys very much for listening to D&D Outdoors. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at D&D Outdoors. Our Facebook page, as we said last time, it got taken down. Accounts got hacked, blah, blah, blah. But we got a new one. The link's in the bio for this. We're up to, I think, almost 300 followers again. So we're slowly getting back up there, uh, which isn't bad for a month of it being back up there. Uh, please, you know, give a like, subscribe to our podcast, download it, give us five stars and review. And be sure to look out for next month. Dustin and I will have a lovely holiday episode where we get to tell you how to spend your money on that, you know, our little holiday guide product episode of what to buy that outdoorsman yeah. in your, or woman in your family on that secret credit card that no one knows about. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so be a lookout for that extra episode. And thank you all very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And if you're heading to work, it will be over soon. Thank you.